Welcome to the Creative Agency Account Manager podcast with me, Jenny Plant from Account Management Skills Training. I'm on a mission to help those in agency client service keep and grow those existing client relationships so your agency business can thrive. Welcome to episode 31. This episode's for you if you're interested in the idea of podcasting becoming part of your new business strategy. Perhaps you've been considering having a podcast for a while, or maybe you've got one already and you're looking for some tips to make it even better. Or maybe you're just simply open to the idea of having a podcast, or maybe you're dead against it. Hopefully, Nathan Anibaba is going to shed some light on this. He is an expert in this area, having hosted his own podcast, and he's now at 140 episodes, Agency Deal masters. So he's going to share with us lots of tips, lots of insight into the world of podcasting. He's going to explain why it's so beneficial to businesses for generating new leads, where people go wrong with podcasting and the key steps to consider. So I really hope you find this valuable and I certainly did. So let's go over to speak to Nathan now. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Nathan Anibaba to the show. He is founder, managing director, and host of the very popular agency Deal Masters, which is probably one of the most popular B2B podcasts for both agencies and brands. And I was super impressed when I found the podcast because he's had guests, including people like Blair Enns, the author of Win Without Pitching and Pricing Creativity, and also the New York Times bestselling author, Greg McEwen and his book was Essentialism, and many, many more guests. So super impressive, Nathan. I know you're usually more kind of comfortable this side of the mic, but today it's my turn. So Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jenny. Very scary being on this side of the mic. I'm going to do my best to answer your questions. I'm usually the one asking the questions. So let's see how this goes. Okay. So listen, let's start off. Could you spend a couple of minutes just talking about you, your background, and actually what you do now? Who are you helping and how? Great question. So we help agency owners create and run podcasts to generate new leads, win new business and build their brands. B2B podcasting is massively underutilized as a way of starting new conversations with prospects that you want to speak to, as a way of building relationships with existing customers. People think that that podcasting is saturated because there are 2 million podcasts out there, but I'm here to say that there is still a lot of opportunity in podcasting, especially in the niches, which is where the opportunities lie. And if you're selling a high ticket, high value item, creating a podcast, creating a show and using that as your entry point into a brand is massively underutilized. And that's what we help brands and agencies to do. As far as my background is concerned, sales is my background, really. So coming out of university, selling water coolers at Nestle Waters Powwow over the phone to people who didn't really want to speak to me, to be honest. And then I've sold recruitment. I say sold. I have never really done a very good job at doing these things. I was very good at getting the jobs, sales jobs. I was never good at really keeping them. And I've sold all sorts of things from graduate recruitment, advertising to graduate recruitment to, you know, magazine advertising in financial sort of magazines. But I only really started getting good at sales, I would say, when I moved into the agency world in around 2012, where I became sort of a sales executive for an inbound marketing agency called Tomorrow People. 
And I worked there on the phones, following up with inbound leads and converting people who had downloaded content and got very used to talking to people about, you know, the value, the reason why they had engaged in a piece of content. And I was very fortunate to sort of learn under an amazing sales director, Alistair Norman, who was the managing director there at the time, who had come from a sales background, a software SaaS background, and I just learned how to sell high value consultatively through his tutelage over the next five years. The agency grew pretty quickly from about four or five people when I joined upwards to about 50 people. So I sort of went through that journey and sort of saw what, what that growth of an agency was like. And then I started having conversations with other agencies who I didn't know struggled when it came to sales. I thought all agencies were like us who were able to convert, you know, two out of three deals or nine, nine out of 10. Our conversion rate was really, really good because we had this amazing sales process that he'd taken from SaaS, the SaaS B2B world and brought that into the agency land. I just thought that was table stakes for agencies until I started meeting other agency owners who were like, hmm, no, we don't convert that high at all. Or we don't get that sort of success in new business pitches. In fact, we don't do any sort of direct outbound. We, we're very reactive and, we're, and we react to inbound calls and RFPs and all the rest of it, which is good when it comes, but it's not very good if, you're, <laughs> if you don't have any inbound calls coming. So you have to have a combination of kind of being proactive and being reactive at the same time. And that's when I sort of started reaching out to agencies, offering consultancy, sales services, did that for a couple of years. And then I decided, huh, maybe I could get introduced to larger agencies if I started a podcast. If I start a podcast, I can invite them on the show. We can talk about sales and that might lead to work. It was a very wow. loose plan. It was very, yeah, yeah. very, very loose plan. Very hard to find the first guests. Everyone said no until by accident, Kingpin Communications, a really big B2B tech agency in London said yes, completely accidentally. He thought he was saying yes to something else. That's, that's another story completely. Recorded the interview and then we, you know, we had then something to go out to other people with and had a very clear idea about what kind of podcast it would be about. It would be about sales and sales only and new business. But then agency owners came on the show and they wanted to talk about culture and hiring and <sighs> profitability and all the things I had no clue about. Jenny had no clue about any of these things, but very quickly had to learn. And, you know, 140 episodes later, you know, we've interviewed, as you've said, not only marketing authors, agency owners, but, you know, B2B brand marketeers and kind of everyone else in between. Anyone that sort of is responsible or touches how agencies grow, mature, how they professionalize, how they win new business, how they build culture that is able to attract talent, how they you know, how they run successful, profitable agencies in a nutshell. And we learn from the best and brightest all over the world. And I've been just been fortunate to have free consultancy over the last two and a half years <laughs> yeah. to, the, to give me the opportunity and build great relationships off the back of it. And it's generated a business off the back of it, which I had no idea, you know, would materialize. And that process is the same process that I'm in now using with my clients i'm saying right guys use this podcast as a vehicle to open new opportunities with huge brands that you would never really get the opportunity to be able to 
speak to and interact with. You know, we've got an opportunity on the table right now with a huge bank, and that's come directly off the back of having a guest on the show. So podcasting is massively underutilized and I'm banging in the podcast drum, Jenny. (laughs) I'm glad you are. This is fascinating, Nathan. This is the first time I've heard this. So throughout that 140 episode journey, your whole kind of, it was an education in itself. So you were learning from the best. Mm. And this in your mind was changing the way you thought about what business you were going to ultimately offer. So you started out offering sort of sales consultancy. Mm. And then now it's morphed through your journey. Mm. And now are you dedicated to helping agencies and brands with podcasting? Is that is that your niche now? That's the niche. That's the niche. The niche is helping agencies and brands win business using podcasting as the vehicle, as the entry point. I'm fortunate because my background is B2B sales and my background is content marketing and thought leadership. So I'm using the skills that I've developed working in agencies that have done that to be able to create podcasts that are able to appeal to senior decision makers. So the secret to podcasting is that it needs to be educational. So people need to come away from it learning something It needs to be entertaining and it needs to be fun. You know, if you can do those three things, that's the magic trifecta. But the most important one, especially for senior decision makers, is that they have to know that when they spend their time listening to your show, they're going to come out of it better off. They're going to learn something. They're going to improve. They're going to be better. They're going to be able to implement something in their business as a result of it. So number one is the podcast has to be credible and it needs to be worthy of their time. And that comes from getting amazing guests, you know, so God knows why you got me on the show, Jenny. But that comes from, you know, getting really good guests, the best guests that you can find, asking good questions and then getting out of the way and then letting the guests do the work. And, you know, we've been fortunate to build a brand accidentally using that process. But because I've got a background in B2B sales and content marketing and thought leadership, we kind of understand how to create sort of content that will be appealing to senior decision makers. This is brilliant. So can you share some examples of creative agencies who have done this successfully? Because I'm sure there are agency owners listening or even agency account managers, anyone working in an agency space thinking, maybe this is a strategy for us. Maybe this is something that we could invest time in Mm. if they haven't already. Mm. So who have you seen doing this really, really well? Mm. So there's an agency called Redfern Media who specialize in manufacturing. So they made the shift to focusing on manufacturing, the manufacturing niche, probably, I don't know, it's relatively recently, about 18 months ago. Before then, they were sort of one of a generalist agency. They had a couple of manufacturing clients, but they've worked with an external consultant, Robert Leaf, I think his name is, who said, look, you need to specialize. And we know this, right? If you listen to anything Blair End says or any of the agency consultants out there, specializing is the thing to do. And so they've gone super deep into the manufacturing niche. And they've said, right, we want to have a podcast that's all about manufacturing. That's all about the people who have come up with an idea to create something new in the world, who are able to create the processes, the lean, the Six Sigma you know, who are the people behind some of the best manufacturing processes and businesses in the country? And they've only recently sort of started on their journey, but already they've had maybe seven or eight 
episodes out there already. But already they've started a handful of conversations with really big manufacturers that, that it would have been so difficult to get on their radar in any other way. How else are you going to do it? Are you going to use email, LinkedIn? You're getting a million different messages on that platform. Events are off the table now because we're all in this pandemic. How else are you going to get an audience with the CEO or the managing director of a large manufacturing organization, if not for inviting them onto a show, developing a relationship with them, asking them good questions, building rapport, demonstrating expertise. And I'm not saying that that should be, you know, you don't want to do it in a way that is sort of crass or, <laughs> or, 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 you know, overly salesy because no one wants to be sold to in that way. You want to build a relationship. You want to start a relationship. And Redfern Media have done that, even though it's really early days, they've done that really, really well. Okay, so this is fantastic. So is it important to really be a specialist agency for the podcast to be successful? Or would it equally work well if you are narrow in a certain kind of specialism? Say that I'm, you know, an app development agency, you know, and we go deep in apps. Would it work equally as well? Yeah. So I think that when it comes to podcasting, the niche you are, the better. So I don't think it matters whether or not you're an agency that specializes in a niche. I think you can be a generalist agency, but your podcast needs to be niche in order for your podcast to stand out. Because how are you going to attract new listeners and an audience to the show? Are you going to create a marketing podcast? You know, like the guys over at, uh, there are a million different marketing podcasts, generalist marketing podcasts, but you want to create a marketing podcast that is about app development, and the trends that are happening in Asia in 2021. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You need something that really is going to stand. And for those people that app development in Asia this year is crucial, you are going to stand out. That's mm. Why would they listen to anything else but that? So there's a real strategic part, first of all, to get your angle right on the theme. And also, do you think that inviting the type of customer that you want to work with ultimately is a brilliant way to develop that relationship, to understand their specialist, you know, area of expertise? Mm. And I suppose what happens after that typically? Like you invite the guest and generally the door is open because the CEO is flattered that he's been asked. How does that work? You mean, how does it then convert into an opportunity or or, or business? So this is where you want to be a little bit careful because nobody wants to be invited onto a show or given an opportunity only to realize that actually it's a secret way of selling to me or or trying to get some new business. And But ultimately, that's what we're all trying to do. It's the way that you go about then doing that. So the clients that I've been working with so far – we haven't proactively gone back to any of the guests on the show to say, hey, how about a new website? (laughs) You know, we we haven't done that. Those conversations have happened organically. They've come back to us and said, actually, so, you know, in Fox's case, for instance, oh, so you help put on virtual events in COVID. So we're putting on a virtual event at the moment, but we've had a couple of problems. Is that the kind of thing that you guys can do? I think it comes back to... And again, one of the reasons why the podcast is so good is because in sales, it's all about demonstrating your credibility and demonstrating your expertise by the questions that you ask 
how consultative you are, how thoughtful you are about the client's business and their challenges. And off the back of that, the client responds. The client says, actually, this is someone that understands my business, understands where I am, knows my context, actually knows a little bit more about than me actually about one or two things. Maybe I should ask him a couple of questions about how to do this, right? So there's a part of the podcasting process, which is about understanding sales and psychology and how to sell, because I guess that's one of the reasons why I've been able to take to podcasting quite easily. I say easily, it's been really hard, Jenny. But one of the reasons why podcasting has been kind of played to my skill set is because I'm good at asking questions. As a salesperson, that's what you do. That's your (laughs) that's your main skill set so how you ask consultative thoughtful questions that probe that elicit response that gets the client thinking huh I actually don't know the answer to that question maybe this person does (laughs) do you know what I mean amazing asking questions is and it's the asking questions is so fundamental in sales you know this But when you ask a question and someone doesn't know the answer to the question, they assume that you do, even if you don't know the answer to the question, but they assume that you do, number one. Number two, it demonstrates no one likes to be told anything, regardless of how knowledgeable someone is. But by asking a question demonstrates your expertise. It tells someone that you know what you're talking about without telling them that you know what you're talking about. So question asking is, does so many things and, and the art of a great podcast is asking great questions. This is making so much sense now because when I listen to your episodes, I can see you are demonstrating your knowledge of sales. You know, you throw in examples that kind of build on the story that your guest is telling. So it makes total sense. And I was wondering why you were so proficient in the B2B selling space. And obviously now I know Anthony and Ian Arino has been Mm. on a couple of times as well, and he's like a sales guru. So yeah, yeah, this is making total sense now. And so this is brilliant. So If an agency is listening to this thinking, wow, okay, this is something definitely that we could explore because we have quite a niche. We understand who our customer is. If they came to you and said, Nathan, we're in your hands, help us go through this process because we can see that investing our time in this area would be well spent. Mm. Where do you start? How do you start working with a company from the start of the thought about having a podcast? Mm. Well, the first thing is about being, as you said, really clear on who your customer is and what purpose the podcast would serve in their lives. Why would they listen to this? What value are they going to get from this show? Based on that, once you've understood, okay, you know, I want to work with large manufacturers in the Northeast, let's say, And the reason why they will listen to the show is because they will have other large manufacturers in the Northeast talking about, you know, because we know that these people like to learn from each other. They like to learn from their peers. They're quite well networked anyway, but because of COVID, they've not been able to maybe get to as many events as they would have liked to. You know, let's find out who are the really interesting people that have great stories to tell, that have built successful enterprises themselves that other large manufacturers in the North or Northeast would like to hear from. So it's being really clear on like any other sort of marketing strategy, right? It's who is the target audience? What is the value proposition? What is the reason why they would listen to your show? How do we actually get this podcast in front of them? 
And then how do we make it predictable? You know, the other reason I think that people shy away from podcasts is because they know that it's a commitment and it is a commitment. It's not something you can just turn on and go, okay, I'm done with that now and turn it off. Once you start it, you need to stick with it. And the vast majority of those 2 million podcasts that I talked about earlier, they only have about 10 episodes, right? So people get to about 10 episodes and realize, actually, this is harder than I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) Let me stop this, right? So the vast majority of podcasts that are out there and that are gaining audiences and are able to grow is because they've They've got some regularity and the regularity thing is, is, is a huge thing, whether it's once a week or twice a month or once a month, which I disagree that you should do that. I think it's a bit too far, but the regularity is important because it shows people that you show up, you turn up and there's a huge amount of trust and credibility that is communicated through being regular and showing up on time every time. Anthony Anarino is great with that, with his Sunday newsletter, right? Which you and I geeked out over a couple of weeks ago. He has had this Sunday newsletter for years. Come rain or shine, you know, Sunday morning, you're in your inbox. Anthony Anarino has a new newsletter for you. And it's great content. It's fantastic content. And so through that process, you're like, oh my God, Anthony Anarino, he's, he's, trustworthy he's credible he shows up he's there are so many things that you infer from that being predictable in that way and so that's a huge thing when it comes to podcasting that I've been really trying to stick to as much as possible once a week every Tuesday a new episode comes out and it's hard but it's something that I think has helped build the audience This is fantastic. And I can see why you're well-placed to offer that advice because your background is sales, agency sales. You understand, you know, get the audience right, understand why they would listen, be committed. And then what's later? What are the other things to consider? You know, you said before a month is a little bit too infrequent. Mm. What do you think the optimum kind of frequency is and also length? And is it better to have guests or can you do some solo episodes? Mm. What's your views on that? Mm, Good, good point. So the first question was regularity. Yeah, I would say once a month is too infrequent. I think there's so much content out there that if you allow a month between episodes, people will forget you really quickly and they'll replace you with something else. And you want to always have episodes in there that people, you know, fit you into their routine in some way. In some way, they're like, okay, on Tuesdays, I go for a walk between this time and this time. I'm going to listen to Agency Account Skill. You know, do you know what I mean? Like the, you're fitted into their day or their week in some way, shape or form. And I think every month it's harder to do that. So I would say a minimum twice a month. So every two weeks, release an episode at a minimum. If you can do once a week, even better. Length-wise, it it comes down to your audience and who you're targeting and the level of seniority. You know, senior people don't have a lot of time. I've been criticized a couple of times for having a podcast that's over an hour long every week. But, you know, we have Joe Rogan, who has three-hour episodes. And I think the people that want to stay around and listen to the entire show can and others that want to get 20 minutes, half an hour out of it can also get what they want to get from it as well. For us, a a shorter 20-minute show wouldn't work 
just because of the format of what we're going for. They're long form, deep interviews with thought leaders. It's very hard to get under the skin of someone like that in 20 minutes. However, I do know that shorter form episodes for the podcast do tend to work quite well because it fits into a decision maker's schedule. So again, it comes back down to who is the persona that you're going after and what are their problems and pains and Mm. how do you help solve them with this format, this new format, this new content that you're creating. And would you say that putting in some solo episodes where you're sharing something might be still relevant or is it yeah. I mean, I'm probably getting a bit granular here, but I'm just curious. No, this is this is good. I think that, again, it comes back to the persona targeting, but having a show, so our show, for instance, it's one-on-one guests, one-on-one interviews, long form with a single guest. There are podcasts I listen to whereby you never really know what you're going to get. It's like, it's this roulette. And I think that's fun and interesting because you're like, actually, I'm going to be surprised by the content this week. It may be one person that they they interview. It may be a couple. It may be. But I think, and this is just, I don't have any evidence or data to support this, but I think that the favourite episode, the favourite podcast that people like to listen to are the ones that have a predictable structure that people are used to or get used to. So if you are going to have an episode where it's just you or you and somebody else, bake that into the predictability of it. Don't do it just as, you know, as a random thing because people could get turned off by the fact that, that, you know, they're looking forward to a particular format and then suddenly you're presenting something else. But if they know that it's what you do, it's what the show does, it's how the show is structured, then I think you have a better chance of, you know, making it stick. I don't have any data to support that. That's just my anecdotal, you know, from listening to podcasts myself over the years. But I don't know, what do you what do you think on that, Jenny? I feel the same. I mean, everything that you've shared so far, I agree with. And I was just curious if there's any other kind of things that you've seen where people get it wrong with podcasting. You know, you've mentioned quite a few, like talking over someone, not kind of taking the time to choose the right guests, maybe not being narrow enough, not being, you know, informative enough, because I'm the same. I want to listen to a podcast and come away with some tips, you know, just little nuggets of wisdom. I learn at least one thing from every podcast I listen to, Mm. or even if it just brings something top of mind that you hadn't thought about for a while. Mm. So what other kind of things do you think happen where people get it wrong? Sometimes they try and be the star of the show, (laughs) the host. (laughs) That's a big no, no. You know, you're excellent at this, Jelly. Oh, bless you. Your show, you do such a great job introducing the guests, setting the scene, letting us know why we should be listening to this person, what they're all about, and then you let them do their thing. And then you jump in every now and again with a question to prod and let them allow them to open up, and then you allow them to do their thing. And that's such... It's very hard to do when you are as knowledgeable as you are, Jenny, and know as much as you are, because it's very easy. Because I've listened to a lot of podcasts, and I'm sure you have as well, where... The host is extremely knowledgeable. They've got amazing experience and they can't wait to tell you all about their experience. (laughs) And it's like, okay, well, great, but I'm here to listen to the guests. So can we hear the guests? And I think the best interviewers 
the best hosts are the ones that are able to ask the question, to be able to still demonstrate their expertise, but do it in a way that allows the guest to shine. Because at the end of the day, if the guest shines, they make the interview better. They make the episode better. They are more likely to share it off the back of it because they're like, I love this episode. I want to tell the world about it. So there's so much value in being a good facilitator of a conversation without, you know, dominating it. It's hard to do. It's not easy. It's not. And actually, I feel quite uncomfortable sometimes listening to interviewers who keep butting in all the time. It's just like, oh, let the poor guy finish. So I agree with you. My God, I mean, I've learned a lot from you, Nathan, because when I listened to quite a few episodes before I came on the show and I just thought, wow, this guy is so good. Like I haven't, Uh, no, I haven't listened to someone that's (laughs) quite so good. And now you're telling me your story. I can kind of see why. (laughs) Where do you see this going in the future, Nathan? Is this saturated because I know that's what maybe some people are thinking so where do you see podcasting going hmm I mean look there's always gonna podcasting have been around for a very long time it's only in the last couple of years that it seemed to have gone mainstream but you know back to like 2004 2005 people were you know people Kara Switcher and and people like that were podcasting I think there's always going to be space for creating great thought leadership content that people are into whatever form that takes whether that is video or audio or text or what have you you know we're all lifelong learners now now that we're all kind of you know these knowledge workers these days there's this 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 ongoing need for personal and professional development we all have to educate ourselves all the time so whether that is audiobooks and my audio my audible subscription is <laughs> i'm they're now saying i'm a what are you know there are tiers you're the golden of listeners. you're the platinum I'm level one of the tiers <laughs> so i listen to a hell of a lot of audible i listen to a hell of a lot of podcasts i subscribe to far too many i haven't got the hours in the day and you know there's for me there's there's a need for me to constantly be learning and growing and improving my skills and whether that form takes the shape of a audio podcast which is what we have today or whether it is some combination of maybe one of these clubhouses or you know twitter's got a new sort of format now there's this insatiable need for people to upskill and i think as long as you are able to create content that is interesting and different and differentiated and gets really good speakers and with the great stories. It doesn't even have to be sort of big names. As long as they've got a great story to tell, people will always be interested in consuming that sort of content. Can you share a few of your favourite podcasts for the listeners? Oh, now that you reminded me of of Greg McEwen and Blair Enns, I mean, those are some of of my favourites. Greg McEwen was great because it's Greg McEwen you know, the author of Essentialism and just one of the books that had such a profound fundamental effect on my life. And it's, you read the book and it's like, of course, of course, but it takes someone like that to really kind of just show it to you. So when I spoke to him, I was just, I mean, butterflies and just like nervousness. I had to have a sip of brandy before I <laughs> got, on the, got on the conversation. But he was just so nice and down to earth and accommodating and we had this great chat about books we we went totally off script because I had a whole thing planned of 
look, I'm talking to Greg McEwen. I need to be scripted. <laughs> I need to know what I'm saying when I'm saying it. But as soon as it, the conversation started, it went in a completely opposite direction. And we just started riffing and talking about, yeah, our influences and favorite books and stuff like that. So that was a great podcast. Rory Sutherland was great for a different reason. You know, we only said that we would record for half an hour, I think he said initially. It went on into a two and a half hour podcast. Wow. And I was just like, okay, wow. I'm sure you have other things to do, Rory. <laughs> like, I'm sure. So we had to break it up into three different episodes. It was just an, a monster of a conversation. And Rory is brilliant. For every second of that two and a half hours, he was brilliant. He talks a million miles a minute. But everything that he says is just so true. And he's just a fountain of, of knowledge. That was a great conversation. I really loved that one. There've been so many. There've been so many, Jenny. Well, you've had some fantastic guests. And thank you for pointing out those two, because I'm going to certainly, because I haven't listened to either one yet. Oh, right. Okay. I, I listened, I've listened to quite a few, but I haven't. And what are the ones that you're actually listening to yourself? Like any go-to, particularly in the, obviously the sales space that you like? In sales. Um, so Anthony Anarino has a really good one called, I can't remember the name of it now, but if you search Anthony Anarino podcast, it'll come up. He's just great. Anyway, so whatever he does, whether it's a book or a magazine or a tweet, right, Anthony Anarino, I'm just consuming all of it. But I tend not to, I don't listen to that many sales podcasts, actually. I listen to general business podcasts. I listen to, there's a great one that I listen to called After Hours, which is HBR, so three Harvard Business Review professors talking about the economy and business and politics, but just from the perspective of educators and Harvard Business School educators. And it's just, so it's Young Me Moon, Felix and Mahir. They're all written books. Young Me Moon has written a great book called Difference a few years ago. I've never really read a book like it. It's all about the power of differentiation. And that was just, I was just like, I'm consuming everything that this woman does. She's amazing. So Young Me Moon, she's one of the main hosts on the show. The Pivot podcast is, is great, but obviously a lot of people know that. I really like Marketplace is like a kind of an economics podcast. It's kind of a 30 minute daily podcast. I don't have no idea how these people do it, but it's packed it's economics but for the every man so it's it's looking at trends macro and micro trends and what it means to everyday people but it's done do you know what i said earlier about you know if you can make a podcast educational fun and entertaining at the same time like that does that every day for 30 minutes it's brilliant marketplace podcast is fantastic and what else am i listening to Creative Agency Account Manager podcast. Oh, that one's I've heard. That's course. really good. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that is essential listening. Nathan, these are great tips. Go on. Did you have another one there? No, that's. Should I give you one more? Go no, on. that's that's that the Naval podcast, the Happiness podcast. It's a fantastic one if you get a chance. 
Honestly, these are new to me. So thank you so much. And they sound exactly the ones that I kind of like to listen to generally. So thank you. Nathan, this has been absolutely fantastic. If there's an agency listening and thinking, I love what Nathan said, I would love to have a chat with him about what we could do as an agency or a brand for that matter. What's the best way that people can get hold of you? How can people reach you? So Nathan at agencydealmasters.com is the email. Listen to the podcast. Let us know what you think. I always like getting listener feedback on LinkedIn and email. So uh, it's just Nathan Annie Barber on LinkedIn, A-N-I-B-A-B-A. Yeah, the entry point is the podcast. You know, listen to one that you like the look of and, and let me know what you think. They're not all great, by the way. Some of them, <laughs> some of them are better than others. And my harshest critic. Nathan, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing so much value. So many tips. Very, very enlightening. I've learned loads. So thank you so much. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. So thank you once again for coming on. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Jenny. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Nathan and we'll go over and check his podcast out, Agency Dealmasters. If you haven't already done so, please come over to my website and check out all of the information I've got there for agency account managers. You can take a a quiz on my website, which is all about agency growth. You can sign up for my weekly newsletter where I share advice and tips for agency account managers and all of the episodes of the podcast. I look forward to speaking to you on the next one.